the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Congress passes a funding bill to avert shutdown. Woo! Missed that by the skin of our teeth, didn't we? Are you panicked enough? Are you ready? You ready to have every principle of this country undermined by the sitting Soviets? The commissar, the collective, the economic illiterates, and the absolute total political prostitutes who pretend to be representatives of the American people the whole time manipulating them through lies and deception. Um, Before I get on with my story, I just want to say that there was one Republican congressman, one, that voted yesterday to um, lift the debt ceiling, one. And he is not only an economic illiterate, an intellectual child, he was elected under the Tea Party movement for no other purpose than he lied to the American people, than he lied to the Illinoisans, and his name... As you can imagine, if you had the guest drum roll, please, Adam Kinzinger, the one Republican congressman to vote to lift the debt ceiling. Now, Adam Kinzinger, I've had this kid's number, and he is a kid. He's a punk. I've had this punk's number for the last seven years. You could, I, It just must be something and a benefit of growing up in my neighborhood and living among the people I live. I could spot a fraud a thousand miles away. And I could spot this ferret face fraud from the moment he opened his mouth. Not only didn't he know anything, he was a child who was regurgitating talking point lines. And he got elected by the naivete of the Illinois voter. And he is going to stay in that seat unless it's eliminated. That's our only hope. So to think that, and I listen, I wish these people were running against him, you know, good luck. But the Illinois Republican Party is now championed by, does anybody know? Anybody know the guy's name? He's a corporate lawyer, a corporate corporatist lawyer by the name of Don Tracy. And if he had the sense that God gave a squirrel, he would get rid of this moron post haste instantaneously. Because this is a lie. This debt ceiling is a lie. I have said to you every chance that the government has been reaping record tax revenue. Record tax revenue. So I get a call last night, 10.30. Now, I don't sleep much. I'm going to confess to you. It's been a habit of mine since I was a kid. I stay up late. I wake up early. I think. Smoke cigars. I especially like this kind of weather. I've got my MyPillow robe on. That's exactly what I do. My, my, I really do. I have a three-season room that my wife insisted we build because she was sick and tired of me stinking up the house. So I smoke in the three-season room, and I watch the news constantly, constantly. 
So when my phone rings and I see that it is from my father's number in Florida, I say to myself, this is it. But I've, I also factored in it was too late for his housekeeper, who he pays extra money to walk around in her underwear. It was too late for her to find him dead. So what could this possibly be? How is this guy up? You know, Florida's an hour early. How's he up at 1130? He's 80 years old. I answer the phone and he's watching the news. And he's, he's nervous, panicked. I said, what are you worried about? What's going on? Am I going to get my social security? CNN just came out and said, they're going to stop these payments. They're going to stop the debt service payment. They're going to stop the social security. And I, that was it. I had lost my mind. Woke up the whole neighborhood yelling. I said, let me explain how this works. Dad, let me explain to you how this works. This year, we are nine months into this year. The government has averaged $388 billion a month in revenue. That's the money they extort from those productive Americans. Now, some of that money, they know, and I know, and the people with an IQ over 70 know, is actually revenue that they pretend is revenue the whole time it, it is derived from government debt and spending. So they've managed to cook that number in the books, however. So now I know that that's a sham number. Because I know that we don't have a private economy. We don't even have capitalism anymore. We've got a Keynesian soiree of fraud. And the only way this so-called richest country on the planet can keep the doors open is if it continues to print up phony money worth nothing. Full faith and credit my eye. But the debt service that they're panicking about, that these talking mannequins, these buffoons called reporters are regurgitating over and over and over. And they're telling seniors, you're not going to get your social security and they're not going to pay Medicare. It is all a fabricated lie. The debt service bill is $44 billion a month. That's the commitment we must pay and it is in the Constitution. If they do not pay it, it is cause for immediate removal. And that is the default of a president, not a country. He could only do that If he had a corrupt Federal Reserve, cabal, cartel of insider trading frauds, which is what he has. And that handsome Mrs. Doubtfire, Janet Yellen, would have to be in cahoots to direct money that is intended and earmarked for the debt to not go to it. So this would be something that these people would be incarcerated for. We have the money to pay for all of it. What would it be eliminated is their funny money. Right now in Washington, D.C., also known as Caligula for Nerds, 40% of the people don't need to be there. They're tagalongs, they're barnacles, they're waste. And they get the jobs because they kiss the right derriere. Kind of like Don Tracy, head of the Illinois Republican Party, and his sycophants, useless morons that funnel your money into this Adam Kinzinger's coffers. Remind me to put my phone on silent. I'm sorry about that. Um, The reality is, this entire scare tactic is just that. We could easily pay all of our commitments, Social Security, Medicare, debt service, and the rest of it. But their pet projects and their funny money would have to go on hold. And that's what they're worried about. However, they've learned to lie convincingly to you, time in and time out. Would it be helpful if Manchin and Cinema were to lay out their demands for your caucus? No, you it's not a question of laying out demands. They're having a, a values discussion with the President of the United States. A, li- I know a values discussion? So we've got a bunch of Democrats in the Oval Office discussing values. They don't have any values. This just in, 
They're all liars. They're all frauds. They're all corrupt. Now, they've got the picture of all of those, ca- those qualities in one diaper sitting in the office pretending to be a man. But this, is a, this, is, this whole damn thing is a lie. I can't take it anymore. That I have to go along with these idiots. I follow these morons and their lies around no matter what part of our life it is. Whether it's the, the phony vaccine. Oh, you got to get the vaccine. Why? Because I got it and I'm nervous you're going to give it to me. Well, then it's not a vaccine, right? Okay, let's not think about that. We're the richest, most powerful country in the world. We've got to protect our good faith and credit. Yeah, but you can only do that by printing up more money? Yeah. Well, then you don't have any, you lying rat. It's like a heroin dealer telling me he's got, the, he's got his problem under control. He just needs a little more money for next month. Well, wh- which is it? Which is it, you frauds? The reality is this government is so reckless, so careless, so corrupt. It cannot exist on $388 billion a month. A month. That used to be enough to, funnel, to, to fund us for a year. There are still people alive who remember that. You don't have to go that far back. What we're taking in a month used to fund us for a year. And by the way, your quality of life back then was better. Better. No matter how many swindlers tell you it wasn't. But this is what they know. Because if you scare these people, they'll turn over all reason to you. All common sense. And the next thing you know, 535 political lying whores will be in control of life itself kind of like right now they just find a new scare tactic and a new way to scare the same people the people who are too willfully ignorant and i say this of my old dad and that's the problem read damn it look and investigate yourself and know when someone's telling you a lie but we are in a society right now that wants to blame everybody for everything rather than what it should be. You should be outraged. If you're in Adam Kinzinger's district, you should be ashamed of yourself. If you've ever voted for this fraud, this ferret-faced moron, you should be ashamed of yourself. And you should make sure it never happens again. But you won't. Because you like the idea he's a Republican. Well, he proved to you again yesterday he is not. He is part of the corrupt cartel. That has destroyed the value of money so much so we cannot exist on $388 billion a month. A month. You might, as well just, you might as well just flush it now. Or get in on the scam, right? I mean, after all, that's what the smart Democrats do. Oh, yes, indeed they do. They get themselves all polished up. They spiel all kinds of nonsense about a path. They tell you to ignore the numbers and think about the utopia you get to. And it's the same thing the Soviets told their people. It's the same thing that bearded pedophile rat Castro told his people. It's the same thing. May he burn in hell a thousand years plus ten. Hugo Chavez told his people. It's the same thing every liar, every self-aggrandizing, self-enriching scumbag ever told anybody a politic. It's the same lie. You sell ads and all the rest on demands and split and all that. But this is much more amicable than you would think just watching television or reading the paper. I spent a good deal of time in the meeting talking about the debt ceiling because we have to get that done. It'd be like $15 trillion in household wealth would go down the drain. Unemployment would go up to 9%. She's a liar. 
She's a liar and she should be arrested. If there was any integrity in this country, this old bag would spend out whatever useless years of her life she has in the gulag. I do not plan on not doing anything. Spit it out, dummy. I plan on moving forward in a positive way. And everybody has to think that this is the path we're on. It's not a fork in the road, maybe here, maybe there. It's a path that we're on. And right now, as I've said, we had a great morning. Lots of conversations as we come to the end. Let me just tell you about negotiating. At the end, that's when you really have to weigh in. You cannot tire. You cannot concede. It's, this, is, this is the fun part. And this old bag is having fun. She's having fun bankrupting your great-great-grandkids and you. She's having fun telling you this lie and this scam. This country should be the richest. It should be the strongest. Because it is extorting right now. From those citizens who make the world go around, $388 billion a month, a month. And they need more. You've got to be out of your mind to support this. And she's right. You are on a path. So you better Thelma and Louise, this son of a. You give me fever. When you I love this song. Fever when you hold me tight. More good news. Biden's nominee. Part of the Politburo. For top bank regulator, earned the prestigious Lenin Award, She's praised by the USSRs, and she has been, she has been known to praise the USSR's equality. Yeah, that Soviet Union was very, very uh, it was rich in equality. Everybody was a slave, and wants to end banking as we know it. Well, this is wonderful. Cornell University law professor Saul Amarova who proposed ending banking as we know it, and that radical change to the system would make everything much better and more inclusive, efficient, and stable. She's come under fire. Well, this is surprising. She's come under fire. Is any, there anybody out there that thinks the Adam Kinzingers of the world won't vote? To just yeah, Let's make her the top regulator for banks in a capitalist country. This communist. But she's a woman, and she's a minority. She's Asian, and... um. You know, they, they make the best communists, the neatest by far. I mean, if you look at the streets in Beijing, very clean. Until I came to the U.S., I could only imagine. Oh, she, and that's good. She's not originally from the U.S. Huh. Things like gender pay caps existed. She wants to solve the uh, pay gap. You know, that one. Yeah. She supports several progressive proposals, including the Green New Deal, creation of a giant bureaucracy. She has nubbed the National Investment Authority. Oh, I like it. How forthright. I like it. Yavol, the National Investment Authority, is here to take your money. Ms. Amarovov thinks asset prices, pay scales, capital and credit should be dictated by the federal government. Like a good communist would. This is the Biden administration. Hey, you never-Trumper scum. Hey, you morons who didn't like the tweets and the comb-over. How do you like it now, dummy? See, the only good news is I'm going to wear communism better than you. Yes, I am. I was already on the phone. With my banker. I said, listen, this is going to pass. There's no question about it. I love you guys. You guys love me. We love each other. We love capitalism. We love freedom. We love liberty. We love America. Let's open a bank in the Cayman Islands like our name was Pritzker. We'll name it the American Patriot Liberty Bank. And it'll all be for all those people that don't want to be a part of the USSA. The United Soviet States of America, that the Biden administration, the American rat Democrat, and the rest of these morons populate. I don't know. I think I'm on to something. It's just me, but I always do. 
Dan, Downers Grove. John, great to talk to you again. Thank you. You too. So, Kinzinger is following the same template of Ray LaHood. Remember that name from about 10, 15 years ago? Ray LaHood. You mean he's the reason in Illinois, everybody, every Illinoisan pays 10 cents just for the Ray LaHood tax. Yes, I remember him well. Yeah. So, he's had this great template to be this ultra-conservative, great guy, downstate guy, who cashed in, sold out, and now is a multi-multi-millionaire off the Obama administration. And you're sure you're not talking about you're sure you're not talking about Don Tracy, the corporate lawyer who's the head of the Illinois Republican Party. Well, he's probably getting a cut of it too. Oh, sure. Let's be honest. All right. Yeah. Uh huh. Here's the good news. Did you know, Dan? Did you know that it's better that not every place lives like this? Did you know that? I know that. You know why? I do a lot of research. There is a major divide tonight in unemployment numbers between blue states and red states. Some of that disparity may be due to pandemic policies. Fox Business correspondent Lydia Hu is in New York tonight with Lydia the comparison Hu. and contrast. Good, good evening, Lydia. Good evening, Brett. New data on the nation's unemployment rate will be issued next week, but already we see a trend emerging from the unemployment data issued for August. States with the lowest rates of unemployment are run by Republican governors. Nebraska and Utah doing the best. Meanwhile, states with the highest unemployment rates, nine out of 10 of them, are run by Democratic governors. Nevada, (laughs) California, New York top the list. These states impose some of the lengthiest and harshest shutdown measures. And those shutdown measures could be widening the unemployment gap. You think? Republican-controlled states are leading the recovery, adding jobs lost during the pandemic back at the fastest rates. Utah and Idaho even surpassing their pre-pandemic employment numbers. Now, everybody with an IQ over 70 knows that. But yet all of you never-Trumpers scum, you didn't like that. You like this. You like this. You like when the banking is an admitted communist. The banking czar. Let's stop calling them regulators. I like czars for the Fourth Reich. And you will love her new National Investment Authority. You're going to love it. It's going to be great. And I only hope that she takes you to rat bastards first i really do i hope every never trumper goes broke a month before i do so i could say aha winner rats morons tim wakanda yeah do you think that there's like uh for some reason there's this urgency to get everything done just to make everybody forget about afghanistan everything i can't believe we're already forgetting about it brother this works and this is what they stumbled onto 40 years this works on to the next emergency. What do I say? You drive it like you stole it. Okay, we got a problem here. Yes. Okay, let's throw money at it. We got a problem here. Yes, let's throw more money at it. We got a problem here. Yes, let's throw money and take power. It works, brother. And uh, it's a one giant club, and we ain't in on it. John, Northwest Side. Yeah, I got my. I pay off my Cook County property tax bill. Boy, did I get sacked. I feel like that fuck, fuck boy in the animal house getting whacked in the house yeah. by Niedermeyer. Thank you, sir. My heaven never. Thank you, my yeah. heaven never. John, that's yeah. why you got to do the right thing, brother. You got to do the right thing. You do one of two things. You call up my guy, Hockberg. Take money out of your house that you paid off and go buy a house somewhere else or some piece of real estate. It's called a spread. And you put on the winner to offset the loser. Because, by the way, the future of this state, the future of these counties, the future of this cabal of corruption is not good unless you're in on it. So prepare and hedge yourself because it's not like that in the rest of the country. Whatever the Democrat touches turns to gaga. Whatever they touch. 
So in this bill, what this really does is usurp the economy. See, that's the goal of these frauds that are politicians. They've never really been men. They've never made it as a man. The 90% of them have only hidden from life and reality in Caligula for nerds known as Washington. They've never had to work. They have no concept, but they've been very covetous. See, and for decades, they've had to suck up to businessmen for bribes. They've had to convince them, reassure them, then they had to sell out politically. But they've never actually been businessmen or men. Now they have a chance to do it in this economic panic. That's why COVID was their greatest friend. It was their greatest excuse to forever destroy the American capitalist system. So now what they want to do is become venture capitalists. So hidden in these thousand page bills, in this in this particular bill, there is, I forgot what the number was. I read it yesterday, last night, but it was like, you know, prior to the phone call from the old man and I get mad, I forgot the number, but it was 88 billion or 80 billion. Yeah. That goes specifically to minority startups. Now I want you to think about this. Startups are the most dangerous thing. That you can invest in. However, if you if you um, have a really good idea, venture capitalists, you could go to them and you could sell them on your idea and they could reap a, a reward and you could win. You used to have to go and sell the idea based on the idea. It wasn't it didn't matter what race you were. It didn't matter that uh, uh, what genitalia you had. It mattered what your concept, what the business was. And you would do this through private equity. In this bill, it's public. They've designated it for specifically this. And all you have to do is have absolutely no experience and be a minority. No experience and a minority. How many of those startups you think will win or, or make a dollar? After all, you know what we're living through right now? We're living through businesses that were in business prior to COVID for years, sometimes decades. And they can't hang on anymore. Yet the government with public money, all of our money, is going to throw it down this black hole of social engineering. They're just going to waste the money. And there are no strings attached for this money. In it also are handouts to Joe Biden and the Democrat contributors. They're going to get up to $2 million for certain LLCs. How much of this money do you think is going to be scammed? I say, I want to be optimistic. I don't want to, I don't want to be like Medicare reality where they lose hundreds of billions a year. I want to say 85% will be completely scammed. And in the meantime, for the people who are devastated, who are p- part of the private economy, they don't stand a chance anymore. Unless, of course, they, they're willing to do what most of us do, risk your own savings, go into your own retirement, leverage every credit card you have to keep your business open. See, that's how it works. And then at the end, hopefully, hopefully you can stay in business. But when the government mounts up against you, how could you? Or another question is, why would you? Because also in this bill is a guarantee of 50 to 60% taxation for all of us. All of us. They've got, they've got their, their, their cap and trade that they couldn't get through honestly, so they cram it in the bill. They've got their entire agenda of manipulation of the economy, of seizure of the economy. This is backdoor nationalization of all of the economy. And they could care less about the reality of what's happened for businesses that have been in existence and sometimes in some cases generations the restaurant industry is still struggling to recover from the pandemic and is in worse shape now than it was three months ago 
78% of restaurant owners say they have seen a decline in demand because of the Delta variant. That's according to a survey by the National Restaurant Association. Supply chain issues also mean restaurants are paying more for their raw materials for food, and they're dealing with a worker shortage all at the same time. The National Restaurant Association said the recovery will continue well into next year and estimates 90,000 restaurants have closed during the pandemic. There's also other indicators. The reverse repo market set a record last night for $1.6 trillion. That's a that's a that's an accounting trick that the guys at Enron would be envious of. It is a scam and a fraud that the the, the people underwrite unbeknownst to them. On top of that, the government has been buying corporate bonds, the most another very, very risky investment with the public sector money since COVID started. So you've got about 18 months of that. We don't know the totals, or at least they're not giving them to giving them to us. And then there are, is the other issue of corporations that have been simply burying themselves in the hope of a turnaround. Corporate America is on a borrowing binge. High yield bonds carry a higher risk, as we know, of default than most bonds issued by corporations, aka junk bonds. And at least $382 billion have been Sounds issued like by firms from Coinbase to Crocs this year alone. That's almost $46 billion more than 2019. I compared to 2019 because that was pre-pandemic. But should investors be worried about companies racking up debt? Nah. With all the growth in junk bonds, you know, you, you may look at it and say, um, be concerned. But actually, the quality of the high yield market over the last 10 years has actually improved. As has the default rate, falling sharply since the pandemic era peak, as seen in this graph on the right hand side. Companies are rushing to take advantage of cheap rates and refinance their loans. So, see, there's something called strategic default. Strategic default used to be something that was frowned upon. That now is the American way. I saw it become really popular in 2008 when the, the scum that created the housing bubble crisis, the politicians, with their Community Reinvestment Act and the rest of it, their manipulation of loans that should never have been given in the name of social engineering, and their obvious pump up and collapse. And then rather than have you focus on the fact that Countrywide and some of these other scoundrels, Lehman Brothers, the rest of it, all of these companies that were saved by the public sector money, I mean, uh, by, the private, by the public sector money that was private companies up until then, all of them that forever changed the way the economy worked, they didn't want you to look at that. So they introduced Dodd-Frank Bill, which was written by Citibank, among others, owned by El Weedy, a Saudi. And uh, they didn't want you to look at, the, at, at what had happened They wanted you to feel victimized. So they sold this idea that everybody was a victim and there were only these select perpetrators that were the ones in the banks and the lenders that didn't go along with their lie. So they were able to misuse their power once again and it became became the norm. So now strategic default is part of a financial prospectus. It's all part of your business now. That's your plan. So how much of that strategic default will happen after this funny money, this this social engineering boondoggle is used and stolen. All of it is the answer. All of it. And you will be right back in this position within 18 months. There's no question about it. So this is just the very first time you're going to be abused and lied to. And in the meantime, none of them want you to focus on what the real intent of this bill is. It is the nationalization of your money. Your money. 
Obviously, the IRS, it really makes you feel a certain way, right? Well, according to one banking association, they say that this is going to impact literally almost every single financial account in America. It will probably impact you at home as banks are now going to be required to report to the IRS all transactions in and out above $600. Think about your own uh, financial activity. You probably fall into this. Republicans are enraged by this. Who do you work for? Who do you work for? You're a slave to this government. And if you think you can move around your money, think again. And in the meantime, can we see how they squander our money? Absolutely not. You better start stepping and fetching and realize what you are in this country. You are a Soviet citizen. Clean and simple. Stop giving me that nonsense about how outraged you are about two national anthems. Let's just tear up the old one. Let's tear it up and stop pretending. Put a hammer and sickle on that son of a dog and let's step and fetch. Because any country that would let this happen admits it's a slave. I love this song. Makes me feel like one of the blues boys. A friend of mine sent me a text. You're aggravating the hell out of me. Why? Because you didn't know about how much nonsense was packed in this bill or because you just figured out that this rat ferret face adam kinzinger is a backstabbing son of a dog this is information you need this you need to know what they're doing there is no willful blindness that turns out well no willful blindness like i'll give you an example if you are a hard-working guy and you come home early in the winter and there's six landscaping trucks there and you ain't got no grass to cut your wife's cheating on you Hate to face the facts. Knowledge, baby. Don't just get back in the car and say, huh, they must be having a meeting. No, that's not what's going on in there. Wake up. Wake up. Craig, Mount Greenwood. Hey, uh, Sean, you got to get these uh, people on these other radio stations. I mean, do what you're doing and share with everybody. I just got on this one. How much, I mean, how much you want me to risk here, kid? I mean, I I can't believe I'm still on this one. They haven't pulled the plug on me. No, no, no. We got to get the people. Thank you. We got to get. What are you ordering food? What'd you get? What'd you get? Yeah, what'd you get? You got me right. Hey, here's the deal. What'd you get? Is it? Is it? What'd you get? Chinese? What'd you get? A burrito? What'd you eat? I'm hungry. I'm over. I'm over. Dog getting some good chops. Hey, listen. No, the other radio stations they got to get on board with you. Yeah. Yeah. I got people listening to you, and they're coming across and things like that. You got. What we have to do is somehow get the. Like the, all these other people on the radio to spell out what you're spelling out, what's going on, what they're doing to us, and what are doing our, to our economy and to our I, I, Craig, I think to a certain extent we are. Thank you for the phone call. Please enjoy your dinner, and I hope you got yourself a brownie for dessert. Um, I'm more interested in the regular people. I didn't get here because I sucked up. I mean, in fact, I just met a, a guy from the the a suit. I don't. I don't even. I know two guys here. That's it. I'm not like oh, let's all come kumbaya. I like. Radio hosts that think about freedom and Americanism and principles, but I despise the scum that have been selling talking points, the frauds that have been telling you all you have to do is write a check to your Adam Kinzingers out there and support your Republicans. They're not on my side and I don't need them. I don't want them. It's time we purge those scum. I need the people, the workers who are constantly being taken advantage of, manipulated, lied to and abused. The guy out there who thinks who thinks that he has to be a Democrat because he's just getting by. You're the one who needs capitalism the most. 
The poor person in the ghetto, regardless of your race, because it doesn't matter in capitalism. It doesn't matter. I'll never forget Milton Friedman in the pencil. Look at the pencil. All the components of the pencil. Of the, of the pencil. You don't know if the guy who sold you the rubber was a Muslim and the guy who sold you the lead was a Jew. You don't know and you don't care. They all came together to make that one product. And that product is used by billions of people. That's capitalism. It brings everyone together. It made everybody who partook in it profit. There is no zero-sum game that these lying communist rats would have you believe, like this new piece of garbage, Suli Amarova, who, by the way, is going to head up the National Investment Authority. That title alone, this rat, should be put into a camp. Let's put the communists in the camp rather than wait around before they load us on the cars. I mean, it's time to wake up. Government is not a venture capitalist. They don't have, it's, it, it, they don't have the authority. Gone, wrong, illegal. Rip it out. As far as Obamacare, we're still ignoring the 400% insurance increase. Why? Because your company pays it and you don't anymore? Or have you just accepted the fact that everything's going to suck and the the bills are going to be high? Because if that's the case, then get on the the Adam Kinzinger train. This child, this little punk who doesn't know dung from Shinola for you old timers out there. This idiot has more power than a thousand of us that make the world go around. And he just screwed all of us. I think I can say that. I'm going to go with it. After all, there's just a big deal in the office. How much trouble could I get in? I'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I love the title of certain books. I love the title of certain books. I always liked when guys that I used to trade with in the pit would, would write a book, and I would always say, huh, look at this guy, wrote more books than he ever read. And it would be like called like F. Wall Street and the rest of it. <laughs> Some more. But this one encapsulates how I would title a book. I absolutely love it. What's next, Chicago? Notes of a pissed-off native son. So I had to get him on. Matt Rosenberg, how are you? Sean, I'm doing great. How are you, my friend? Very good. You know what I like to say about Chicago? It's a great place to be from, right? <laughs> it, it was it was great when we were kids. The pride you had in it, the city constantly worked, the certain, you know, just going to succeed attitude you got from everybody walking the streets. In fact, I remember when it was rare to see a bum, and uh, it's changed quite a bit. And now it's normal to have our traffic girl include shootings in the reason that uh, traffic is delayed. Massive shooting on Grand Avenue, traffic's a nightmare. It's like a comedy skit, isn't it? Things have just changed so much. You know, I mean, I grew up here in in the 1960s when you could go to uh, the Stockyard Inn before the Bulls game at the amphitheater. That's how far I go back. And you could uh, brand your steak with your initials, and then they'd cook it up just the way you wanted. But more importantly, you know, it was a working man's town then. But flash forward, right, the economy has changed. 
And so we're not keeping up. We're not really innovating at a policy level or an economic level, I think, I fear, here in Chicago. And uh, you combine that with a failure of all our major institutions, starting too often in some parts of town with the family, but extending to our city government and our court system and our schools. Uh, we've got real problems here. Meanwhile. You know, the cities that uh, Chicago uh, progressives sneer at, places like Phoenix and Dallas and Jacksonville and Charlotte, are starting to eat our lunch. Uh, Nashville, for that matter, even Chattanooga. Everybody's moving to Chattanooga. Um, So there are amenities. There are schools that teach. There are relatively safe streets. There are lower taxes. And we're stuck in a couple of bad ruts, including uh, Mayor Lightfoot's emphasis on systemic racism. We've got systemic misrule instead by an urban political elite that's increasingly of color. We've got real problems here. And Matt, I have identified, and, and, and it's not just me, economists that go back to the Austrian economies, uh, economists from a hundred years ago, put a face on the fact that what built ghettos, what always built ghettos, was political policies. And it's the political policies that have shuttered the doors. It's the political policies that have turned um, victims into uh, people who are not protected by law and the perpetrators who are. Do the Chicagoans themselves recognize this yet? I understand that they have been put through the school system of the Chicago public schools. However, have they figured out that one party rule and the idea of systemic corruption, not racism, is the problem that Chicago suffers from systemic corruption? Yes, they do recognize what you've just brought up, specifically that link to policy, that all of this is a matter of policy implemented by urban progressives in Chicago and, of course, around the country and other big cities that are also struggling almost as bad as Chicago. I spoke to to black people on the south side. That was my mission. I came back here last year after watching the city flying apart. I moved into Bridgeport, where, you know, at least there weren't too many gunshots on the street at night, only every now and then. And I took the bus down into the south side to Washington Heights, to Roseland, to Pullman, to Englewood, particularly, and talked to people in their homes and their backyards. And they said, this is a matter of policy. And they specifically cited the, uh, the welfare programs that started in the 60s. And, you know, I picked up some nuance. I spoke to a woman who was a, a mother at 17, a single mother, and working in a Burger King, and she pulled her way up to owning a realty company in four short years and then became a homeschooler and is a homeschooling entrepreneur now, educating other people's children. She benefited from government programs, but she firmly believes, you know, this is for a year or two or three. This is to help you get a leg up. When, when, when this becomes a permanent choice, there's a big problem. And I heard that from others. So, yeah, there's, a, there's an understanding and awareness and a resentment 
at the way that these policies have been foisted. And we know, you know, there's been welfare reform, sure. You know, the social welfare programs of now are not the same as the 60s. We can talk about that till we're blue in the face, but the idea is still the same. So there's this understanding you've got to get off the government teeth and, uh, you know, get on the stick yourself. And, and that's huge. And you know what I loved about growing up here? When I was a kid, I'm talking eighth grade, we had a family friend who um, I worked by my, my grandfather's auto parts store. And then on the weekends or uh, Monday and Sunday night, the South Water Market was vibrant. And you used to go down there and help them load the truck. Back then, they'd give you $25. Uh, or you could go to the stockyard meatpacking for the summer when you were in high school and work at stockyard meatpacking. And uh, in fact, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange employed tens of thousands of Chicagoans. And the reality was my coworkers were of different races. I hate to even speak in that, but they were. And we all shared that same dream to work our way to a better situation. When the policies crush those, those, those industries, when they change them, when they shrink them, reality is it's the people that always suffer. And then they become susceptible to a welfare system that makes it advantageous to be on, where the quality now is that if you're on food stamps, you get $835 under this new mandate, this executive order, when the average family of four spends 535 So it's such a culmination. It's such a diabolical plot that I feel we're losing because of the willful ignorance of the people. They get that hopeless futility, and then they succumb to this kind of uh, change in an economy. Do you think that there, there will be a bright spot? Are the people gonna, of Chicago, the, that working class mentality, are they going to reject this socialism, or do you think they'll accept it? It's really uh, iffy right now, and I think we need to see a rising up that begins with civic engagement and greater voter participation. I do think a lot of the extreme rhetoric that's been occurring around race, around what I would call racial essentialism, is tipping a lot of people toward a breaking point, including many black people that I spoke to. Um, but we've got a problem with civic engagement here. So that has to somehow change. And who can uh, inspire uh, communities of color to step up, get engaged and vote, and not just for the same old people and the same old policies? That's a, that's a big question. But if you look at voting turnout here in our local Chicago elections, we get actually uh, a paltry 33% of registered voters showing up to vote. And that compares to 70% plus in Chicago uh, in the presidential election. So I think, first of all, let's change state law to allow the city of Chicago to hinge its local election dates to the presidential elections. Uh, that would be a great start along with truly independent mapping of the new wards oh. and term, term limits Matt, and a total total reform of public contracting. Now, Matt, I, I, uh, I moved out of the area a, while, a little while ago. I made the final decision to get out completely in January of this year. I started to move out last year. And uh, when I started seven years ago to travel, even I was taken aback by the reality of, other cities and other states wouldn't tolerate this systemic corruption that so many Chicagoans 
Except, for instance, the reason we vote when we vote is because they wanted to make it difficult to vote. They wanted to put it in the dead winter in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that we have the, the, the mafia, the Democrat mafia that we have, is because they allow certain trickery of municipal workers to go out and get people. They have it's their version of the old-fashioned ballot, or the new ballot harvesting. We've been doing that for 70 years. Hasn't the Illinois or Chicago and specifically just accepted it? Otherwise, how else could you explain the Mike Madigan name, who is synonymous with Al Capone and Don Corleone? Everyone admits he is a Democrat mafia head in his upper echelon. They never get in trouble. In fact, they're in trouble right now. Yet I hear nothing of his of his close staff of Cullerton of the rest of them. It's all just gone by the wayside. And they all are supposedly under indictment and yada, yada, yada. The meantime is these are 80 year old successful mafia dons. And to, to a young kid, especially in our neighborhoods, wouldn't you almost admire that rather than say that's got to change? Well, in a way, uh, you know, and if you look at where the fix is in, it's in as high as at the state Supreme Court. If you look at what they've upheld. Mrs. Burke? And, and yes, and what they've rejected. And so this is a Democrat majority state Supreme Court that is, if you, again, the specifics are there, is one of the most plutocratic entities you could possibly imagine. They struck down a 2016 uh, proposal for a constitutional initiative to mandate independent mapping of the legislative districts. But no, like the Democrats, uh, they're in league with, they like non-competitive elections. They've struck down various voter initiatives that would uh, reform uh, the way that we elect people, uh, how long they can be in office. Uh, They've let very little through. They've always acted on behalf of the entrenched interests, uh, particularly with respect to um, that part of our state constitution, which upholds uh, the public employee pension mess, the mandated 3% annual compounded increase every year in pension benefits, even when the cost of living uh, has not risen that high. And if you look at the effect of that across municipal workforce in Chicago and in the state of Illinois, of hundreds of thousands of people that we are paying not to work anymore, uh, because apparently the government needs to invest their money. Uh, they can't. Uh, you know, the whole thing is just really a big, rotten mess. It so, truly is. So I got two questions for you before I let you go, because I could talk to you forever. When you see the news stories and you see that the organized labor extortion racket called unions can motivate 70, 80 people to go out at El Milagro worker rally, Yet the 14-year-old that was shot and his father weeps, they get three people, they get five people. The seven-year-old that shot on Grand Avenue, they get the guy. Kim Fox doesn't prosecute. Nobody comes out. No matter the tragedy of the 67-year-old special ed teacher killed for no reason on the expressway. The fact that we've got 20 shootings a month on the expressways, not including just Chicago alone. I mean, it's, it's astronomical. Yet the the labor mafia can get out people at the drop of a phone call and i get a bunch of these donut connoisseurs prancing around talking about the people's rights isn't it just going to be more communist advancement here in the sewer of chicago slash city i hold out some hope i hold out some hope because i think people are you know i could be just 
naive and optimistic here. I think people are starting to put two and two together. And sometimes it takes a disruption to your way of life. I think there's a little bit of a a hypocrisy in that white people have not been terribly concerned about crime until it came downtown and to the near west side and the near north side. This goes on every day on the south and the west side, but it's also raising awareness. You know, now really where the awareness needs to be raised and the engagement stepped up is in communities of color. Um, I, I think there's a chance we could be at a turning point. Now, look in New York City. Eric Adams is a Democrat, but he's a solid, smart, moderate Democrat who supports police. He's very aware of, of police brutality. He experienced it as a young man. He supports uh, school choice. If New York can uh, replace Bill de Blasio, uh, with somebody like Eric Adams, uh, maybe there's some hope from Chicago. Who's that person going to be? Uh, people are talking about Arnie Duncan quite a lot. He's not a bad guy. I interviewed him for my book. Oh, I don't I like Arnie. Skeptical. Uh, it's me. Put me in skeptical. I think if you've yeah, played I, skins on the, if you were on the skins side when Barack played basketball and versus the shirts, I got to look at you a little hazy. I uh, I understand that. I you know how about Ray Lopez? I like Ray Lopez. Ray Lopez is I, I like too. I like Ray. There's I'll go. The guy who speaks the truth. How about Paul Vallis? You know I, I love Paul Vallis. Uh, see? Everything you look at us. The mayor he's. He's too smart. We're he's like a think smart. tank. No, he's not. Listen, he's not smart enough to stop calling himself a Democrat, so let's not give him too much credit. Now, before I let you go, you said you went to Bridgeport. Is that because you married one of those Bridgeport girls? I was always attracted to those Bridgeport girls. She, they were smart. They were mean. They were pretty. And if your car broke down, they get out and change the tire. I loved them. They were wonderful. I, I love that. No, I married a nice girl from everywhere. Her dad was in the Air Force, but oh. we met in Chicago. We were married by a Cook County Divorce Court judge. True fact. Nice. He's a non-denominational chapel, and he said to us after the ceremony, I don't want to see you again, because he's a divorce court lawyer. <laughs> yeah, 34, yeah, 34 years yeah. later, so far, so good, but I've never been able to say that to Chicago. And, uh, you know, there's a huge duality here. Yeah. It's vibrant, it's beautiful, but it's so messed up. Yeah. So I say, no, we can't give up. The other we downside, too, the, you're, you know, you're lucky, because if you're married, he's like, I married the prettiest girl. I did. I married the prettiest girl in Elmwood Park. You can't get them out of these neighborhoods. You got to call in a bomb threat or something. You can't get them out of the neighborhood. So the good news is, at least yours will be willing to leave now. But these Bridgeport girls, they never leave. Melrose Parkers, no. the Elmwood Parkers, the Gale, they never leave. You got to threaten them. But listen, I've had a good time. Good luck with the book. What's next, Chicago? Notes of a pissed off native son. You know, I got the book, but it's not signed. And you know how I like a signed book. Maybe next time. We got to do that. It's on Amazon. People should go there and look it up. Thank you very much, Matt Rosenberg. I appreciate it. Sean, a pleasure. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM 560. The answer. Bang, bang. I shot you down, bang, bang. What a classic, huh, kid? Yeah. You bunny for a young kid. You got all the songs. I love it. Um, <laughs> when I was filling in for Steve and we were doing the election year, I was railing against this political whore who's so obviously corrupt. 
so obviously incompetent. In fact, as they bring this bill to him to sign, I don't think the signature of somebody who's that incompetent, that suffering of dementia, that old, I don't even think that is a legal contract. I don't even think you could buy a house with, with Joe Biden's signature. Of course, he doesn't need financing. He just signs the deed. He's been doing that since the 80s because he's a corrupt son of a dog. And uh, I said, if, you, if, the, if the country's stupid enough to elect this old fraud, I don't know how you're going to save it. I don't know how you're going to turn it back. But I do know how. It's because people like us, we're not going to give in to this BS. We're never going to give in. I'm never going to give in. Nothing. I give you this nothing. And that's why the Freedom Summit this year is big. Because we come together at these, these, fund, these funds. Functions. I say funds. I meant functions. You know what I meant. Come together at these functions. And it's important that we do that. I don't, I don't want to tell you, go set your hair on fire and fund the Republicans in Illinois led by Don Tracy. Who's he? A corporate lawyer. Oh, that'll be great. Celebrate the ferret faces like Adam Kinzinger. The old lady faces like Mitch McConnell. No, that's not right. And the Don Draper wannabes like Mitt Romney. Those are the scourge. Those are the scum we need to purge. But at Freedom Summit 2021, we get together. We discuss these kind of things. So listen, it's coming back. It's presented by Matrix Home Solution. It's happening on the 6th at the West in Chicago, Northwest in Itasca. Ted Cruz, Alan West, Dinesh D'Souza, book signings, breakout sessions. It's all sold out, but you can get on the list. Get on the list. We need your name. And then when you're on the website, revoke your consent to be governed by this diaper-wearing dimwit. Go to freedomsummit.com Chicago. I'm sorry, freedomsummitchicago.com. To get on the list, freedomsummitchicago.com. And hopefully, hopefully, you'll join us on November 6th. Now it's time for the news with Tom Beck. We're going to start shooting dice. You keep playing this kind of music. So we had a wonderful, wonderful lady call. I'm sure, I'm guessing. From Oak Park. I didn't speak to her. My Macbeth did. And she was mad that I keep talking and making fun of Oak Park. Because Oak Park is full of former uh, people from former Soviet and communist nations. and Yeah, no kidding. My dear dear friend, Russian, Pete the Russian. His father came from the Soviet Union, Belarus. Escaped with his life, barely. Married another Russian woman. They raised two kids in a wonderful town. And you know what happened during that time? It became a communist town. That's just a fact. So don't be mad at me for saying it. Be mad at the people who still send his mother a voting card. She died 12 years ago. The year my mother died. His father's been dead for how many years? Still gets the voting card. In fact, I think they're a strong base of the Democrat Party. Because as you know, they dominate in the the cemeteries. So don't be mad at me for saying it. Be mad at your town that is implementing and indicting you as a racist. Taxing you exorbitant amounts of money because you're a racist. Do they know you? No, but you're white. Don't be mad at me. Be mad at the town. And hopefully you don't look like a John Denver uh, lookalike. In Starbucks, trying to get free coffee. Otherwise, I love you. If you're one of my, like, but Pete the Russian, love him. Love the old man, the mother, unpainted toenails I don't love. Can't have it. John Denver, women looking around, walking around, preaching at communism, yelling at people. Mind your business. Get your hybrid and prance off. I hope that solves everything. Don, thanks for calling the show from Parts Unknown. Hi, Don. Hey, how are you? Good, good. Um... All right. I just want to, first off, I just want to say that I think you're a little brother of mine because uh, I worked at the board in the Merck 
since 1983. But wow. I have one quick question, uh-huh. and I'm going to hang up and just listen to your response because right. uh, I love your responses. <laughs> um, out of the Democratic Party and all the candidates that ran for president, uh, Biden being one of them and all the rest of them, do you have any respect or for any of them that ran it and that you wish would have maybe had uh, come out of the uh, – campaign as the uh, number one person and maybe ran against uh, I have respect for the people who I I have respect for uh, Tulsi Gabbard Gabbard but she's not really a Democrat so here's 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 the here's the thing Don the fact that we've allowed the Democrat Party to be co-opted by communists by Marxists by collectivists is the problem that has to they have to be purged or Recognize that that party is tainted and forever a collectivist fascist party. And it is. So I have, you know, if someone says they're a Democrat, I don't want to be around them, brother. I really don't. And I mean this. This has cost me friendships and family relations, and I feel better for it. Because if you believe in that in today's American Democrat Party, you are in essence a fascist. You are in essence an evil person who views yourself superior and must force your intellectual opponent. See, I don't want to force my intellectual opponent. I want to disregard them, and I want to go back to the America that you and I love that says, I don't care what you think. It doesn't matter to me what you think. See, my America, you don't get to take my business away. You don't get to dictate how I live, and you certainly don't get to tell me what I must put in my body under any circumstance. And by the way, my money's my money, and you mind your damn business about my money. See, that's how it's supposed to be. This is not the America of the present. We are now in an America where an entire political party is very comfortable with unleashing the government Gestapo, who shares the same logo with the Third Reich. Look, Take a look at the Nazi Iron Cross and the IRS logo. And they are fully comfortable releasing them on the public, knowing that their job specifically is not to represent the people. It's not to be fair with the people or make sure that the people are being treated with true equality. It's to intimidate, extort, and steal from the people, right? Otherwise, taxes are taxes, right? We go, how about the Merck? Don, you know this. Was there a way we could hide one penny? One penny at the Merck. Uh, well, uh, to hide? How could you uh, hide it? It was made on the card. You knew every day what oh, you right, made. Right, right. You could, uh, where were you going to hide money? I'll never forget. I never. I had guys of mine who owned companies, and they'd be like, well, this was a write-off. What write-off? I'm, I got to pay my seat lease. I got to pay the kid that works for me. I, right, well, what were I write off? You, you make whatever you make. They took half, 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 half. Right. All our lives. We funded this son of a right. God. Right? Here. I'm, right. I'm working here at the station. I get my check. Half, half, half. What do you mean? What, what taxes am I cheating, you red bastards? I got to beg you to keep my own money back. So, you know, I, I, I don't go for this new modern Democrat party, which I recognize as the fourth Reich. Don, I wish I knew right. you. I'm sure I did. Do you go to Jack Schwartz? Uh, well, I was a runner at the Board of Trade from 83, and I didn't go to the market until I was older. Um, but, and I never worked on the uh, floor at the market. I, was, I day traded upstairs. I day traded upstairs. So, oh. uh, but on the board, I was on the floor all the time. So I never really... I, I went to the mid... I was at the mid-am in 89, in 89 to 91, and I would spend every dollar I made. I spent every dollar I ever made at Jack Schwartz. Back then, Joe Howe used to own Jack Schwartz. I'll tell you yep. what, the best guy I, in the world. I worked... I worked for uh, the McDonald brothers, Peter and David, oh, and sure. uh, they were trading in the S and P's, the S and P's, and uh, right on the side of the pit next to uh, uh, some good uh, good people. And, yeah. um, 
S&P pit was wild. I don't know. I don't want to embarrass the guys I work for. I work for some great, great people. But back then, in 80, in 80 I want to say 87, I worked for Louie. And uh, it was he was the best. Out of, his, out of his mind. The best human being in the world. And everyone was afraid of him. And I love him to this day. And his brother, Joey, is the best. Thank you, Don. I appreciate it. Those were the days. Those were the days when a kid with nothing, nothing, could go to this place, I want to be a runner. What do you know? I don't know anything. I need you to help me. What do you pay? $80 a week. $80 a week. Yeah, $80 a week. My train pass is 67 Yeah, there you go. And I'll buy you lunch twice a week. Okay. And if you were good, within a month, you get a race. Within a month. And then you had to learn how to do arbitrage. And these two guys, and, they, and you know, I feel, I feel embarrassed even saying it. They were not of the same origin as me. They were my, my dearest friends taught me how to arb, which is your hand signals. And from that, first time I made money, my check, my mother, I went home. She said, what are you doing down there? She's making more money than anybody she knew as a clerk. And that's how you, well, it used to be. You just had to go out and you had to try and you had to get it. You know, what, you know what's at the Merck now? Nothing. Why? You think it's because the Merck grew and uh, they went on and they automated? No. It's because the climate of politics, the climate of abuse of taxation made them take advancements and change and by the way, right now, they're under threat right now. Still somehow they last in Chicago. I don't know how. They're under threat for transaction tax. Well, I happened to, I used to run uh, orders to Terry Duffy, who now is the president. He always had the prettiest girls work for him, Terry. He did. He used to be real cool in the 70s. I don't know. I, I, I'm assuming he's still smart. He was pretty smart back then. I'm sure he's smart enough to protect his shareholders. And when this kind of tax and abuse happens from these Soviets, that make up Chicago, make up Cook County, the racists like Preckwinkle, the necklace trust fund butter-handed babies like Pritzker. I hope he makes that the Dallas Mercantile Exchange in an instant. That's what I would do. But I'm no longer a member there. Fred Orland Park. Hi, Sean. How are you doing today? Very good. How are you? Sean, the reason why I'm calling is that tent cities are starting to sprout all over the north side of the city of Chicago. And there's a school called the math, uh, Chicago Math and Science Academy on Chase and Clark. And right across the street there is Tui Park. I used to play softball there. Now there's tents all over. Perspective, I suspect, Dem- Democrats uh, voters. And about a block and a half away, Peg Cassidy, House of Representative State, lives up, and she doesn't do anything about that. And these kids could be in danger. They, these, these people could possibly have COVID, whatever things. But they're growing. It's like you water Fred, it and it grows like a weed. Fred, remember, I don't know how old you are, but you remember uh, w- w- San Francisco? You remember how San Francisco was, was, was just the best of the best in as recent as the 80s? Do you remember how San Francisco was? It was, it was, it was a mountain on a hill. It was, it was magnificent. Now look what Nancy Pelosi resides over. Your biggest problem is stepping on human fecal in the street. By the way, those aren't called 10 cities. Those are Democrat studios. Those are Democrat oh, right, studio apartments. So let's not think that they're homeless. Not let's re- recognize that what they are is destitute and broke because of Democrat policies. That's the utopia Democrat politicians build. That's the destination. Tents in a gutter where you're peeing in the alley. Ta-da! Look at the utopia. So yeah, this, they're not concerned about that. Fred, they just don't want people to realize that's the destination of their policies. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. I'll be back with the rest of your calls after this. You know, oh, this is great. Let's let this one breathe a little bit. Great song. 
Melrose Park. A lot of Tornados, a lot of Eldorados, Rivieras cruising around with this on when I was a kid. It was Demo- there was the good news about the 70s Democrat failure and in inflation. The music was better. I mean, if you're going to have financial calamity, it'd be nice if we had some good music. We don't have any good music anymore. But you know how all of these policies sound just like all the, uh, like the 1936 Soviet Constitution? You know how these policies sound just like watching the 1958 Fidel Castro gain popularity among communists around the world? How it sounds exactly like Hugo Chavez in the Venezuelan promise of utopia. This just in, nearly rising by 10% in a single year, almost 77% of all Venezuelans now live in extreme poverty, also known as tent cities, or as the Democrats like to call them, studio apartments. There's the utopia, and you know what they like to do there? They like to lift the debt ceiling, print up a lot more. What is that Venezuelan dollar? I think it's called Charmin. I think it's officially Charmin. In Venezuela, because you could wipe your derriere with it. It doesn't mean anything. You need thousands and thousands of it to buy gum. Yeah, let's let these idiots, these economic illiterates, these morons who have destroyed their own cities, like Pelosi, like like uh, Chewy Garcia. That's it, in Chicago, or, or in my area. They, it's known as a, a Republican district. They they encompass uh, River Forest, my section of uh, Elmwood Park, Galewood, and they draw the line. Like they're drunk, like you're drinking with Eddie Burke in the Viagra Triangle. He's got one of his hookers and his gold Rolex, and they're drawing, they're, they're drawing the districts. And they take my area, and they offset all the people who can add and think and read. They offset them with that sewer, Humble Park. And they go, this is Chewy Garcia's. Oh, I'm going to call Chewy. What do you think he thinks about this? Yeah, go ahead. Spend the money. Chewy Garcia doesn't give a rip because he's a moron. He's a Democrat mafia moron. Like the rest of them, like the Venezuelans, and it'll it's going to lead to the exact same destination. Megan Orland Park. Hey Sean, um, two comments about Oak Park. First one is: Did you hear that Hemingway said that Oak Park is the land of wide lawns and narrow minds? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm not big on Hemingway. Yeah. When, I went, when I went to Cuba on a humanitarian expedition in 2003. Everything was Hemingway, Hemingway, Hemingway. When you really look at Hemingway, he was very sympathetic to the to the socialists, to the communists. You know, he was a moron, too. What do you think of that? They made me read that stupid mm-hmm. book, The Old Man Dies at the End. Come on, it's ridiculous. But go ahead. What else did you have? Um, and then I have a friend. He is a dear friend. I used to work with him. But uh, very liberal, lives in Oak Park. No, no, no. I'm liberal. I'm liberal. The Oak Parker is a fascist. He doesn't have an idea he can't force you into complying with. I don't want anybody to do anything with force, but go ahead. Um, oh, I remember when um, Obamacare was going into, going into place, if you will, and I said to him, God, you know, everyone getting like free health care or the, the poor people getting free health care. He's like, well, wouldn't it be nice if that, that could happen? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, now I know, now I know that my, my friend, I <laughs> just yeah. My friend is uh, far, far left. Your friend's a moron. And here's the other thing I want you to remind this moron, this trust fund baby who probably walks around with those open slippers that the ladies wear in the Starbucks on Lake Street. I want you to remind him that before Obamacare was implemented, for a family of four, the average, the average insurance premium 
was $532. I want you to furthermore remind him that right now, the average for a family of four is $1,987. That's the average when you put in that bronze plan that really sucks. And the deductibles have gone from $500 way back when they were under $600 all the way up to $15,000. So remind that fascist lowlife rat in Oak Park. He's an idiot, just like the Venezuelan government. Thank you, Megan. Appreciate the call. Uh, I don't think we have time, but, you know, I love Eduardo. Get it out, Eduardo. You got about uh, 30 seconds, kid. Okay. So these Chinese fishermen are going to um, the Galapagos. And they're siphoning off all the sea life, Uh and they're drying up all the locals. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they really should sink those ships. I really doubt get their attention, you know, fight off a bully. Why do I? Oh, yeah. Why do I feel like George Costanza in the Galapagos Islands? It was like returning, yeah. it was like re- an old man returning soup at the deli. Seas were angry that day. Listen, um, this is terrible, but this is going to only get worse because the Chinese communists can tell the American Democrat anything and the American Democrat will go, okay. They don't care how it works because they believe in the philosophy of that government control. So get used to these lying rats, because that's what they are. Whether they're Chinese communists, the American Democrats, the old Soviets, the Cubans, the Venezuelans, they lie to you. And in the end, everything they touch, you end up like a turtle in the Galapagos. You don't have a bright future under the Democrat rule. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, we will be back. I have got, uh, I've got a good guest coming up. Emily Burning, founder of Let Them Live Pro-Life Group. What a, what a crazy idea. Hey, here's an idea. Let's not kill the helpless babies. You radical. And the Oak Parks, they're liberals, huh? I don't think so. I'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. So we, um, there's a group out there that I really like, all right? And the group is called LetThemLive.org. Emily Burning is the founder of LetThemLive.org, and we are having an, an issue getting her. There's some communication problems, but I don't need her to do the interview because this is the most important issue among us is and I say this as somebody who hates socialism, I hate collectivism, I hate Marxists and communists and a lot of them, American Democrats and half of the Illinois Republicans and Republicans in total. But this issue right here is such an issue to me that explains the mindset of the kind of people we're dealing with. Most people don't like to talk about this. I think it is a necessity to talk about this. I think when you are discussing things with somebody who's one of the pillars of the foundation of their principles is that people should be allowed to kill kids is a problem. An organization like letthemlive.org has to identify itself as a pro-life organization. This to me is something that is mind-boggling. It's not pro it's it's just simply right. Who could put possibly argue 
for killing a baby. And then women? Women. I, 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 I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know what the perception is of me, and I don't really give a rip. I was raised by a s- single mother for all intents and purposes. My, my, my mother was everything to me. To this day, in this, in this studio, I prefer to work with women. In every aspect of my professional life, I prefer to work with women. Because there's something about women that you have to just love, especially those ones who can do it all, right? And they're mothers, and they, nobody loves. I'm a father. I love my kids immensely. There's a connection between them and their mother. I see it. There's a connection between boys and their mother. And the idea that we've sold society on this concept that it's okay to tell women who are desperate, who are most of them, let, let, let's face it, if, if, if you're not in your right mind if you're willing to kill your kid. And there are politicians that capitalize on this. I understand the sense of hopelessness. We've all been broke. I've been broke more than most. I love that idea, by the way, because I'm always most hungry when I'm broke, when I'm stressed out. And to give that is what you're supposed to do to women like that. And to tell them the future isn't a life without that baby. The future is a life with that baby. When the most important things of your life happen with your babies and your children and your kids. That's, that's what life is about. Nobody looks back and say, hey, remember that time I had 38 grand in my checking account and I felt like a million dollars. What are you, a moron? Richest I ever was is when my mother and I had nothing. Nothing. Struggling to pay the bills. That's the richest I ever was. And the idea that you're selling women on the idea to, to be happy is to kill that baby without explaining to them that there will not be a day that goes by that they will not think of what could have been as they snuffed out the life inside of them. So to me, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's preposterous that we would have any other view. It's preposterous. So there's an organization called LetThemLive.org. And what they understand is that 73% of women who have abortions, when they're asked, why did you kill your baby? They say it's because of financial burden, financial issues. So this group goes out and they give them financial support so that they can choose to let the baby live instead of killing the baby. LetThemLive.org donates money to aid pregnant mothers who are financially unstable. It raises money, helps them with rent, cribs, gas money for work, diapers, clothing, and all of those things that parents normally struggle through to pay. Emily Burning is a wonderful woman. She's the founder of this organization. She doesn't need to come on and tell you about it. I just did. And these are the kind of organizations that uh, are a blessing. Because if it changes one, one mind, that may be the kid that's the most important kid for the future. It's such a short-sighted philosophy. I'm having trouble with my monthly bills, and I don't think the future's bright with my job. So let me kill a kid. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but we will effort to get her. And if we don't, we don't. The most important thing is that you understand there's groups like this. And the times are tight. Listen, after all, Democrats are in charge. Times are always going to be tight when these stupid bastards are in charge of anything. Inflation is going to go through the roof and they're going to lie to you about it. Your dollar is going to be worth a lot less. But is it worth less to you if you have it in, in excess to help these people and help these kids? What would you want to have somebody give your daughter if she was struggling through this? So this to me is an organization worth donating to, worth looking at. It's called LetThemLive.org. 
and we are going to go to break a little early, but uh, hopefully she'll be back when when I get back. And if not, I'll take your calls. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. Now you're talking, baby. BG still love them. Love Love the documentary. The best. Realize how talented these kids were. And how about the brother, poor kid, over a woman? What are you, nuts? What are you, crazy? Gave himself an abortion. Ah, there you go. See, we can always tie it together. So, Emily will not be with us. However, I want you to really take a look at letthemlive.org. These are people, we are people who really care about kids. Not the communists who use them as weapons, as extortion tools, as frauds. Well, they're frauds, and they use them in vain to get more money for their school because they don't give a rip about their school, not even close to their school. In fact, every once in a while, you can get them to admit that they could care less about the actual kids and who they're really enriching is the teachers union so they can take 90% of their dues and bribe the politicians to give a monopoly to a group that has failed kids in ways that really can't be quantified. See, because when you miseducate kids, when you indoctrinate them to this idea of this communist philosophy of government supremacy, when you give them the idea that not only are they slaves, but their fellow man is a slave and they should root for the government to strip them of all of their life, liberty, and property. You've done a harm to that child that will never be corrected and will ruin the rest of his life. We call them Democrats. You turn them into Democrats. And when they're brought before Congress to talk about their actions, they absolutely and totally lie. Fairly quick answers here because I want to get to Secretary Becerra. Do you think parents should be in charge of their child's education as the primary stakeholder? I believe parents are important stakeholders, but I also believe Primary. educators have a role in deser- determining uh, educational programming. And I think that's going to be a little out of focus. No, no, no. That's not the question, you communist piece of dung. The question is, are the parents in charge of the children? Or is the education system that has let them down to where on every scale, when, when graded properly, American education system is a joke? That it only really exists because of charter schools, private schools, independent parents, homeschooling, which is the best of the best. And if it wasn't for that, we'd have a bunch of morons going around voting for you idiots. Focus what I think you're going to find across all elements of education. Since they pay the bills, they raise the kids, they probably need to be the primary uh, spokespeople for their own kids' good education. But they're not. Oh, no, 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 no. Communists are. Communists like Sharky here in Chicago and just pick a name. Pick a name. Like all, all of the leaders that are in the, the Biden administration, I'm trying to think of one that's not a collectivist, not a socialist, not a communist. And I think it's clear that after you uh, listen to the way in which this Biden appointee answers question, You'll be, you'll be a little bit more nervous about exactly who is in charge and who's making the rules. And by the way, who's getting paid off? 
My wife is a chair of a board of a public charter school, full disclosure. They managed. They just opened up their gymnasium. They just converted their lunchroom. They made it work for those children who uh, disproportionately are minorities. But why shouldn't the parent have the choice to take her child elsewhere if she decides, well, it may be that they have a lousy ventilation system, but they have a good ventilation system, and so I'm going to take my child to the private school with a good ventilation system so that my child doesn't lose seven months of education this year. Why should she not have that choice? Senator, it's my belief that all children should have access to a safe school and one where all children can succeed. And it was important that all schools be given the tools and the resources. So if they're- so what they did, and this is, by the way, is the Biden's education secretary, Miguel Cardona, is that they took away the ability of existing private and charter schools to make the decisions over to bring the kids back. And what they've used is the ventilation system. What they've used is the new mandated rules for their special lighting sold by who? Oh, who sells all the special lighting? Who gets the contracts for the new air filters that are COVID friendly? Who gets it? I think you know who the Democrat mafia members, one of their moron cousins with a cork on his fork during Thanksgiving that they've managed to start an LLC like the table of wisdom LLC. We're two Cook County judges, Alderman. Ed Burke misused government power and insider information to acquire various properties like Tony Resco would be jealous of. Same kind of thing, only these are companies now. These are contracts now. And the Department of Miseducation, the communist commissar teacher unions that hold it like a stronghold, like an MMA wrestler chokes out his opponent. They now are using these new rules, this new power over private schools. This is why. You got your kids in this system? You think they give a rip about these kids? I mean, after all, the kids who are perpetrating the carjackings in Chicago and the murders and the shooting that is slowing down traffic, these are all CPS students. Oh, but they are. You think they give a rip about these kids? They like the power. And it explains why Chicago has a budget of $16.7 billion, and it's never enough. Never enough. 80% of your property taxes go to these communist organizations called teacher unions. I mean, you could pretend it goes to schools, but it goes to the entire system. $16.7 billion, never enough. 80% of your taxes, never enough. And if you somehow manage to take the pill and double, double pay, you get taxed on, like you're a parent like me, my wife, and a thousand other, millions of other people. Pay your property taxes and you say, I ain't sending my kid to that ghetto. I ain't sending my kids to that prison without bars to that communist indoctrination camp. I'll double pay. I'll pick a private school. I'll pay. Now your kid goes to school and the private schools laughed at these mandates. They knew what they were doing, so they tried to stay open. What happens? They sneak it in the bills. They use, we care about your kids breathing, except when you want to kill them. Then it's, a, then it's the mother's right. I mean, how much of this line are you going to take? Because never remember, ultimately, these people, Cardona, Biden, 99% of the Democrats, they believe in the, in the first part, that the mother gets to kill the kid. So you think they give a rip? You think they got respect for the kid? You think they want that kid is a pawn for the rest of his life? Unless, of course, he's born into one of the oligarch families who all know each other, all connected. Then it's all different. That's why you got to love equality in a communist system. Only some are more equal than others. I'll finish with this. If they are to have access 
and defying science, unions demand that a school close, why would that access not include the ability to take dollars that would go to the public school, they're not open, they're not there for the kid, to take the child to a school which is open? Uh, can you tell me, should that parent, just yes or no, should that parent have the right to take their child? Well, it requires more than a yes or no. It's more nuanced than that. Because it's never been about the kid. It's not nuanced, you moron. That kid's an excuse to funnel $25,000 in Chicago or $28,000 to the teachers' union. That's all it is. That's why the kid, the kid doesn't exist for sake of the child or sake of the future. It exists for sake of the union and the government that can use it as a weapon. Otherwise, it would only make sense. Of course the money would follow the kid. After all, you've sold society on this socialist agenda. The whole damn thing is should be unconstitutional. The idea that people who never have kids, who raise their own kids, also pay for other people's kids, that whole damn thing is communist. I disagree with the whole premise. But you've sold America on it. And yet, when push comes to shove, you can't even answer that question honestly. Because you know. You know, Secretary Brezhnev, Secretary Khrushchev. See, their names are irrelevant to me. Because I, if we're going to have communists, let's give them the communist names. Because these are communists. And I almost like how they have to squeal and squirm. But this makes perfect sense to those people who not only buy this shtick, not only buy this lie, but also believe, yeah, go ahead, kill the kid if your checkbook is low. Scum. True scum. Steve in Willowbrook. Hey, Sean. Always a great show. Hey, listen. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the greatest soccer players in history, the rumor is that his mom wanted to abort him, but she didn't get the chance to abort him. So one of the greatest soccer players would have been aborted if his mom had the choice. How shocking. Steve, you know, my, my argument for, for my views is that, I, and, and I use their own savior because I think it makes the most sense. Barack Obama was born at a time in this country when racism was as absolute worst. It was literally practiced by politicians like Robert Byrd, who Joe Biden's very good friend, the Klansman. It was written into laws that a certain two-tier society where American Democrats, the most racist people among us, took the views of the of, of the Klan. Yet here's this 17-year-old girl in Hawaii, 17 years old, goes, goes to school, 17 years old, meets a 33-year-old African man who's married. He cons her. He impregnates her. Now, under any circumstances in 1961, can you imagine? That at that time, you've got to remember the mindset that even, forget about the race, women were sent to go live with fake relatives when they got pregnant because they didn't want the gossip in the community to destroy the family, 1961. Yet this woman, this 17-year-old girl, had enough courage, and I thank God she did, and I don't agree with Barack Obama on one damn thing. But she had this baby who stood no odds. No odds. The father, the scum that he was, was a liar, a fraud, a drunk, died tragically in a drunk, or not tragically, predictably, in a drunk accident after losing a leg and surviving another one. He's married to, I don't know how many women back in Kenya, right? Yet he, she still right. says, I'm going to have this baby, and I'm going to fight for this baby. And that baby, against all odds, grows up and becomes the president of the United States. That right there is the greatest argument against abortion. Yet he himself not only supports abortion, he's the only politician in history to vote for infanticide, which is if somehow the baby survives the, the 
the torture chamber, the horror show of an abortion. Barack Obama himself says, kill the kid. These are some evil bastards. See, so there you go. You got to beat them on their own ground because nobody cares about a soccer, Steve. This is America. Who gives a rip about soccer players? Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. All right. Now, Bart in Bridgeport, where the girls can change tires. I love it. Hi, Bart. <laughs> hey, baby. Always dig the show. Listen, um, you called yourself a liberal. I always refer to myself as a classic liberal. And here's a good example regarding abortion. So you're talking with them and they want to yell you down and you go, well, I think. And they go and eventually you say our side says, OK, let's suppose that it is your body and your choice. Before you make that choice, why don't you take a look at an ultrasound? And once you look at that ultrasound, the cluster of cells argument goes away and nobody ever decides to go through with it. I'd rather win in the arena of ideas and I'd rather beat them in an argument than this crazy talk going on, you well, know, back and forth about demonizing the other side. Well, know? that's because you're, you're, you're like you said in the beginning, you're, you're an old liberal. Those are, those are very extinct. The guys like me, they, that, that, that doesn't exist. You have to live in this science denying fascistic realm yeah. of American politics today. These are, these are science deniers. These are the fascists. This is the Fourth Reich. Yavol, Herr Commandante. That's all they know. They don't want to learn. They don't want to you know think what about what they're doing. How could they? How could, on, the, on the hot mic moment, yeah. you know. Well, how could they support the policies they have if they thought? You couldn't support a one of them. Not a one of their policies, from economic to societal. You'd have to avert your eyes from the reality of the ghettos they rule over. And apparently that's what people want to do. Bart, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. All right, we'll be back, and I'll prove my point even further, especially when it comes to the fraud and the lie of a pretend, pretend cure for COVID-19. There is no vaccine. Wake up. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. Oh, love it. Great song. So my wife's texting me. She's mad at me. She loves Dan Prof. She loves him. All the girls love Dan Prof. She's like, he's that boy. He's smart. He's smart. There's no kidding. There's, I, I, in all seriousness, I mean, he doesn't listen, so I could say what I want about him. There truly is not a smarter son of a gun. On, I, I don't know a smarter son of a gun. As much as I want to choke him, he knows everything. He knows, I, he's the professor. And it's just a different kind of show. I mean, I say I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have this show if it wasn't for Dan taking my calls, much to his chagrin. He actually started out. Bruce Wolf used to force to take the calls. But um, I know that this is not the kind of show that everybody likes because I am not tolerant of... of, of Fools. I do not suffer fools well. And I think if you are an American Democrat, you should be ashamed of yourself. I mean ashamed of yourself. Everything you've done to this country, you've done more to this country than any enemy could have ever done to this country. It's really a shame. And now what you continue to do, this new modern through force and fascism, this collective, the audacity of these failures that insist on doing the wrong thing regardless of all of the evidence and science. You're not Americans. You're the enemy of my America. You're the enemy of me. You're not my, we don't have nuanced differences on, on uh, uh, the, the nuances of Keynesianism. You're communists, Marxists, fascists. 
Even when you're wrong and you know you're wrong, you continue to force us to comply, to capitulate. You threaten us with extortion, removal of our freedoms, our property. The lowest form of people I know. Travelers could be looking at new COVID restrictions as we embark on the holiday season. It's one of several COVID-related updates for the airline industry. ABC 7 News reporter Melanie Woodrow has the story. With the Thanksgiving holiday just around the corner and one of the busiest times to fly, California Senator Dianne Feinstein tweeted, quote, We can't allow upcoming holiday air travel to contribute to another surge in COVID cases. Today, I introduced legislation requiring passengers on domestic flights to be vaccinated, test negative, or be fully recovered from a previous COVID illness. Listen, Diane, you drove around with a Chinese spy as your chauffeur for two decades, you bimbo. With your speed racer hairdo. What the hell's keeping this old bag alive anyway? If, it's just, if this thing disease was so bad to society, would half of these 80-year-old dementia-ridden morons that are meandering around Washington be alive? No, of course not. That's just the science. And they don't want to talk about the fact that the real breakout cases, the real reason they're canceling shows on Broadway, Breakthrough, is because that's among the vaccinated your so-called vaccine is good for nothing. It's useless. If anything, it makes you dumber, makes you more susceptible. An Israeli study that had uh, 2.5 million patients and found that the vaccinated group was actually seven times more likely to get infected with COVID than the people who had gotten COVID naturally. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you just say, Rand Paul, you magnificent genius with your crazy hairdo, did you just say... That vaccinated people are seven times an Israeli study. You know, is Israel with the most vaccinated people of anywhere ever on the planet? Seven times more susceptible to catching it again in what's called a breakthrough case than somebody like me who beat it like it was trying to steal my car radio? Is that what you're saying, Rand Paul? Senator, I'd have to get back to you on that one. I'm not familiar with that study. Well, you think well that's you might- because you're Xavier Becerra. And you're a political stooge. You are part of the Politburo, the commissar. You're a communist. You just want the power. You got no reason to be there. After all, you're denying the reality of what he just said. What do you mean you got to look at it? How, how come you didn't know it? You are the head of HHS. You're the HHS secretary. Of course you got that job just because you bribed another Democrat, you rat bastard. However, you're supposed to know these things. I want to be if you're going to travel the country insulting the uh, millions of Americans, including NBA star Jonathan Isaac, who have had COVID recovered. Look at a study with 2.5 million people and say, well, you know what? It looks like my immunity is as good as a vaccine or not. And in a free country, maybe I ought to be able to make that decision. Instead, you've chosen to travel the country calling people like Jonathan Isaac and others, myself included, flat earthers. We find that very insulting, goes against the science. No, no, no. here's the thing. I'm going to help you, Rand. Don't you, don't you ever be insulted by one of these scum. You think one of these scum who would tell a girl, panicking, hopeless with her own finances, distraught, abandoned by another scum, somebody who would tell that, 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 that girl, kill that life inside of you. You think somebody who believes that could insult you or me or any of the millions of people that think like us, the listeners, the, we the people who know right from wrong? How is somebody like this scum, this bald-faced liar, this roach who would sell Z-Bar to an old lady that doesn't own a car, how 
Could you be insulted by anything this rat would say? Are you a doctor or a medical doctor? I've worked uh, over 30 no. years on... Pu- Just answered a question, you lying scum. Health so policy. You're, you're not a medical doctor. Do you have a science degree? And yet you travel the country calling people flat earthers who have had COVID, looked at studies of millions of people, and made their own personal decision that their immunity they naturally acquired is sufficient. But you presume somehow to tell over 100 million Americans who have survived COVID that we have no right to determine our own medical care. You alone are on high and you've made these decisions, a lawyer with no scientific background, no medical degree. This is an arrogance coupled with an authoritarianism that is unseemly and un-American. You, sir, are the one ignoring the science. And that's the new norm in America. And you better tell me through the screen from Washington, because you come to the cigar store and tell me, all your slap you that you can't taste your food anymore. You don't insult me, dummy, slip and fall lawyer. Your opinion means zero. And just because you bribed another political whore to become the head of HHS with no reasoning, no credentials, means squat to me. You're as meaningful as one of the Mike Madigan Marxist mafia members. You're nothing. And your, your opinion means nothing. And that's how we have to put these roaches back in their place. Fly me to the moon. This is what I need. Let me play. Unwind. I got a cousin right now in Florida, if he's listening to this. He's Let bebopping and scatting around. He used to dress like we were right out of... Remember, you ever see the show Crime Stories? He's the only guy in the world to have sharkskin pants. I think he's still got them. He loves this. Just put it on constantly. Love him. Of course, where else could you get a guy named Butchie and Mauro's It's perfect. He's the perfect cousin to have. I love him to death. I really do. All right, John in Bloomingdale. Hey, there we are. Man, what a, it's so great to be on your show. Can oh, you hear me okay? I could hear you perfectly. Thank you. Okay, awesome. You know, I love your show. And, you know, it's funny. I know Elmwood Park guys. I know our Harwood Heights guys. I know Chicago guys. I know from... You know, and I live in Bloomingdale. I was born and raised in Addison. Bloomingdale is Melrose Park West. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's getting there at Bartlett's after that. It's just, it's something. And you see the deterioration. It's something easy, easy. Stop. We don't deteriorate things when Melrose Parkers move. We make them better, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I love it, man. You, you are spot on every time. You know, I guess my frustration is here is I, I share in all the frustrations you have and all all your listeners. What the hell do we do now? You remember what Al Sharpton You remember what Al Sharpton yeah. said when when Trump was elected. But resist we much. We must <laughs> and we will much about that be committed. Now if that dummy can resist and he resist he did. He didn't pay the IRS 6 million dollars he waited the Democrats helped him make it go away. You just remember this is transitory if we can stay focused and remove Every single thing these rats put in by the root. That's the objective. Yeah. And we do win I in the end. You it, listen, you know this, John. We win in the end. Yeah. You're never gonna we might we might be down in the rounds, but we win in the end because we're Americans. And nothing they do is gonna really affect us, even if they make us broke. I've been broke three times. Flat broke, busted after making it broke. What do we do? We rebuild. We will figure out a way. You put these obstacles, we'll figure out a way. This banking stuff goes into effect. Take your money out of the bank. Go to cash. Go to the Cayman Islands. Take every cent out of your house in Illinois. Buy a house somewhere else. I prefer Florida, especially if you use Liberty Real Estate Services in South Florida. 
<laughs> but you do what you want to do. The main thing is you figure it out because you remember you still can fight for principles no matter how much they damage them. John, thanks for listening. All of you, I didn't get back to you. I'm sorry. Be back in 21 hours. I can't believe how fast this week is going. I'll be back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.